0: Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection, they all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman, on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Ronnie Feldman for another episode of Compliance and Creativity. Uh, Ronnie, first of all, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Well, Ronnie, we finally get to talk about some law, some DOJ, some prosecutors, and some good stuff that the government gave us uh, literally on June 1 of 2020 in the form of the 2020 update to the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, which was released in 2019. Uh, What intrigued me so about this is it looked like to me they called you up and said, hey, Ronnie, what do we need to add? And uh, you (laughs) told them. And I'm just going to read the uh, uh, new language that we found in the 2020 update. Quote, other companies have invested in shorter, more targeted training sessions to enable employees to timely identify and raise issues to appropriate compliance, internal audit or other risk management functions, end quote. And um, it really struck me when I read that. That is what you have been saying not since not since we started with this podcast, because you were saying it long before that. And uh, someone was someone is listening, <laughs> and that one is the regulators who are going to drive corporate behavior because now we have the DOJ saying what Ronnie Feldman's been saying. And when you have the DOJ saying what you've been saying and you can get in front of a potential client and say, "Guys, this is not Ronnie, this is the Department of Justice." That gets a lot of people's attention. And I've been able to use things that the Department of Justice has given us in terms of information or data or evaluations, documents such as the 2020 update, to really drive um, changes in compliance programs. So I really wanted to visit with you about uh, this phrase we saw in the guidance, how it really, uh, I think, uh, apes and mimics many of the things you've been saying, but also how you see delivering the product or service that the Department of Justice has now said companies need to invest invest in. So let me just start with why you see the change in this language is so uh, significant in the government's expectation, and what's the difference between shorter training and targeted training?
0: Yeah, well, so it, it, by the way, thank you for being an expert on, in this area, because like, I, I I, I'm, I really appreciate that, you know, the way you set, set this up, but truthfully, I think what the DOJ is doing here is, is they're acknowledging what most successful programs have known for a long while and, and hallelujah to that, which is that they're, they're saying that the shorter, shorter, more frequent training and communications are more effective. I think, you know, most adult learning principles have supported this and, uh, um, so I certainly can't tra- take credit from that, but I do think that what we saw coming at it from this weird, you know, comedy angle that I that I come from, you know, ten years ago is maybe we were lucky, you know, like as they say, whenever what is it? When, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like we we were coming at it from a a comedy perspective. Like we know that comedy based on truth uh, is a great way to shed light on new perspectives, and um, we also know that people have short attention spans and all those things. So you know, we ended up making content that people were like, this is great. And the more progressive companies started using them. And, um, and those progressive companies started showing better results. So I think what's happening here is the DOJ is actually acknowledging what successful programs are doing there. No, no disrespect to them. I think they're following, not leading in this way. But the good news is, is that there's, there, uh, they're telling the rest of the com- the world who is establishing programs or in early phase of their programs that it's not just a checks the box annual training you got to think about short frequent communications to surround and support that training training is important i i always I, I tend to focus on communication awareness but the training and this goes to the targeted part should be short relevant and interesting to that audience communications, think of that as a separate thing, serves a different purpose. It advertises where resources are. It drives traffic to those resources and teaches them where to go. It reminds people and reinforces uh, those resources and themes. So they're acknowledging um, the comms angle in a very significant way, which is Kind of awesome. The other thing I want to uh, uh, drill into is their phrases enable employees to timely identify and raise issues. This goes back to speak up culture, which we talk a lot about. Um, to me, they're shedding light saying that you need to make sure that resources are accessible and easy to use. So that means show up in more places: apps, newsletters, internet posts, email signatures. You know, let's put the hotline number everywhere. Um, and uh, we we've talked a little bit about having taglines. Let's put that uh, taglines out there so you can put it in the mouths of leadership. Um, and it's also about letting people know that those resources are safe. So, to sum up my my answer to that as uh, you know the targeted training uh, sure. Like, let's make it relevant um, and, and ac- accessible to a particular audience. Um, we do you know little case study stories about that, so those can be used very specifically. I'll give a shout-out to our friend Ricardo at BroadCat. They do a really nice job of um, making job aids that are relevant to a job function. I think those things are all super helpful. Um, I think for communications, targeting is, is in some ways less important because you're trying to communicate that ethics compliance – is a valuable, helpful resource and that speaking up is something that we need to do. And I think that needs to go to everybody in short, frequent ways.
1: So it seems to me, and and really since I've met you, I think uh, literally at an SCCE event and then as we partnered up for this podcast, a lot of the learning and entertainment's offerings really speak directly to shorter, obviously uh, targeted trainings and communications and I thought this would be just a great time to talk about some of the specific offerings and really how that ties in to these DOJ concepts and how a company could utilize those trainings, not simply to uh, engage in engage employees, but now they've got a specific way they can show to the Department of Justice, you've said we need shorter, more targeted training. Here's our shorter, more targeted training. Here is the content of that training. Here's who it's been presented to. And then here's how they've used that going forward. I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through some of those examples.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, I you know, I, I'm chuckling to myself that hey, you know, group of comedians and improvisers actually have something to offer that uh, that the DOJ recognizes It's just uh, just mind blowing to me. Um, but I, I have to admit, like uh, in the ten plus years or so that I've been in this this community, I've grown really passionate about the idea of trying to shift culture and, and um, to help ethics compliance and other. Leadership functions to influence culture by um, promoting ethics compliance as helpful advisors and coaches and promoting speak up culture. Um, I even talk to my writers and comedian friends who sometimes are, we, we're bringing, you know, they're, they're writing and performing these subjects for the first time. And they always take to it because when you explain to them, I mean, a lot of my, my colleagues who write, they write for commercials and they're selling, you know, they're, they'll, they're, they're writing about, uh, toothpaste and advertising, and it's hard to get passionate about selling a product, but they can get really passionate about creating interesting, fun content that helps people do the right thing. Um, so me and my, my group of comedy writers and animators and performers get really passionate about this. And I, when I look back, uh, on uh, what we've built over the last four years with l and E, I I realize that um, some of this is intentional and some of it isn't, is that every service that we've created is supportive of promoting ethics compliance as helpful advisors and coaches and promoting speak-up culture. Um, so breaking that down, we have short, entertaining communication awareness. Why? To raise the visibility of issues and policies and resources so that they're easy to access. That gets back directly to that DOJ statement. Show up, you know, show up in more places. Also, use that to shift attitudes and behaviors. That's a uh, marketing and advertising thing. Communication, marketing, advertising is to shift behaviors over time. It's to you know, to 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 be in the atmosphere so you're constantly seeing the same thing. Um, we started doing these person on the street campaigns last year, mostly because I thought it was a fun way to deliver. A policy message, and it really ties in nicely to this speak up message. So we we find that we're doing more and more and more of those kinds of programming because you're having a bottom up approach to promoting speak up from the employee base, and you can do that in a in a in an interesting, authentic, fun way. Um, we're just launching our Tales from the Hotline series. The reason we created that is because we wanted to show real stories. Uh, about what happened so you could teach on that here's what happened here's what the excuses people had here's why it maybe is a little bit of a gray area here's what happened by the way and here's what happened to the people uh you know maybe they got fired in this situation maybe they didn't here's the resources they used. um so the idea of storytelling i think um we find it is a great way to convey information but i find it really speaks directly to um Supporting a speak up culture, um, and then the the other new thing that we've been doing are these talk shows, uh, these sort of Zoom WebEx style talk shows. The thing I love about that is again, it's not pushing out an animation or a, a scenario based video. It's us providing an avenue for you, Mister Compliance Officer, uh, 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 Mister Com- the Compliance Professional. I put a, I made it a Mister. I don't know why I made that male. It could be any compliance officer uh, um, that's out there, we're providing an avenue for you to talk directly to employees, to answer their questions, uh, to make a personal connection. I love that we can provide that, that delivery mechanism that helps them do that. Um, and the last but not least, my favorite thing in the world is improvisational training, which helps us all be more empathetic listeners, more effective communications uh, people. So, you know, inadvertently, all the things that we've been able to create in L&E are supportive of short, frequent, authentic communications to support speak-up culture. And um, uh, I thank you for giving me the the runway to sort of talk about it, um, particularly as it relates to the DOJ. Um, what, so let me just ask you, as far as to wrap up, what are your um, – Do you have any other takeaways about the DOJ offerings as it relates to communication and and targeted training?
1: And so this is really the point I did want to explore with you that we haven't really thought through, or at least I haven't thought through. The clear emphasis and theme of this update was around continuous monitoring and continuous improvement. And they talked about, the Department of Justice talked about data. Now, that's not numbers. That's not looking at your gift, travel, and entertainment spend. It is information. And they pointed to things like uh, who, not who is looking at your policies and procedures. What policies are they looking at? Where are they in the world? What geographic region? What insights can you garner from things like that? And that really leads me to, to want to explore with you, the targeted and the short communications that you and L&E provide to your clients and customer base, how can you incorporate this feedback loop so that when someone sees something, uh, it, it raises a question? And how can that question not be categorized, but how can it be captured? And how can that information, if someone asks a question based upon either a communications or a training, how can that be used by a compliance officer for both Monitoring their compliance program. If someone has a question, is that part of the program unclear? Is it in danger of violation? Is it uh, someone asking for information? You know, someone asking for a friend, uh, whatever it might be. But it really strikes me that you, you, and the L and E services are, are in a unique position to help facilitate that sort of continuous flow of information because you advocate these not only targeted trainings but shorter more focused and frankly more entertaining communication. So that's really the the thing that I would actually challenge you to think about or if you've already thought about it and and really have incorporated that into part of your uh, service offerings that uh, that's something that we could uh, uh I think a compliance officer would be very interested in hearing about based upon this 2020 update.
0: Yeah, well, I'll I'll just speak to it real briefly uh, as to wrap up here. Um, again, I come back to the fact that if you look at where most compliance, ethics compliance departments spend their money, they spend it on um, uh, the training aspect of it, and there's a lot of great training companies that put a lot of bells and whistles that will show you, you know, the ex- you can skip ahead, and, you know, it randomizes the the training, it'll show you if you pass the test, and and and. What questions they went to first, and all that, and all that is valuable. But again, it only addresses the infrequent knowledge check. I think, to your point, particularly uh, as bandwidth uh, is more available for companies to, to use these interesting communication channels, uh, you you can show how many people accessed a policy. You can show how many people uh, uh, accessed a newsletter. Um, you're really you're counting click through rates in the same way an advertiser would. So uh, I think these things are valuable. I think maybe they've been maybe under uh, represented in terms of their value because really, if you're showing that prior to instituting a communication campaign that five percent of your employees had accessed the code in the last year, and then you do this regular campaign and you can show that. There's a 10% increase in the number of people who have accessed the code or have accessed this policy. That's a valuable thing. You're showing movement. Uh, And the way you do that is by using these communication channels. You can show how many people clicked on that Yammer video that you pushed out. You can show how many people viewed that newsletter. Uh, And remember, there's the viewing of the newsletter and then the clicking through. And if you do this well, you're clicking through the fun – screen that says, hey, fun video here. So you're showing that, but then it's taking them to the video, which is next to the policy. So you're driving traffic to the policy. The obvious one that a lot of companies do already is measuring how many people contact the hotline. And so that's obviously valuable. And some of the things we talked about can increase traffic to there um, as well. And and then the other, I guess, thing that's a little more intangible would be uh, how many Times, have you provided access for people to ask information? So these are like the town halls. So you're saying, hey, look at all these times we provided an avenue for people to ask questions to learn more. Um, I think those are just a couple ways that you can measure communication, awareness, uh, and visibility of your program. So you can't say that you didn't do everything that you could to make sure people were trained and, and educated.
1: So, Ronnie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but uh, it's been a fascinating exploration of not only the 2020 update, but really how I think uh, L&E trainings inform what the Department of Justice is now communicating. So uh, thanks again. I look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: D.O.J., D.O.J., D.O.J. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.